Hello and welcome back for another thrilling, exciting, magnificent week of fun and frivolity with your good friends, Kent and the Steering Team. Anyway, uh, as always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil. I'm feeling like I'm out of breath here already. Man, yeah, we're really getting into it, aren't we? going on? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Kent can't be with us this week. He, uh, he did tell us this afternoon that he had a very important date with the ducks at the duck pond. As always, he needs mm. to um, go and, you know, make his bread contributions. Oh, anyway, yeah. on, on with the show. Um, Mr. Philip, how are you? Oh, Mr. Philip is quite well. Quite, 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 quite well, in fact. Um, settling into the... Uh, in, Domestic uh, bliss? D- domestic bliss, yes. Um, yes. Finding it surprisingly easy and awesome. Um, or not surprisingly awesome, just surprisingly easy. Um, it's all going very well, of course. We've uh, just started watching Game of Thrones. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, yes, we'll get to that uh, in a moment. But um, yes, uh, loving life and etc. And Drusephine, how are you, Sophine? Uh, I, I always enjoy that rhyme. I, I am quite well. I've um, currently got Emma Watson paused on my television screen. I am watching. Not a bad thing. I am well aware. Watching Beauty and the Beast. I'm trying to watch this movie all evening but it just doesn't seem to want to be one continuous thing but that's okay i'll finish it after we record our show and then i'm gonna do the same as you i'm actually gonna dive back to game of thrones because of course the final season is nearly upon us absolutely it is it is totally here and uh sir's just coming back into the room and trying to make as little noise as possible that's the best way to do it yeah it's okay you're allowed to make noise. Say the audience, the audience knows you're here. <laughs> she says, "Hey, awkwardly in the background." There, uh, yes, of course she's here. Um, and uh, yeah, yes, of course. So you have to get back into Game of Thrones. We're also finding the time a little bit. Um, uh, we're trying to watch the Harry Potter movies through. You know, just Ooh. Bits. But, but but see, because I've seen them all before, it's quite good. I'm not doing it as if they are kind of the center of attention like everything has to be like focus on the tv you know all attention on it it's just kind of in the background which is cool so we've we're, we're up to episode five um episode five we're up to harry potter and the order of the phoenix we're very very close to the end we've got about 10 minutes 10 15 minutes to go on that one and then it's on to the half-blood prince um Ooh, the romantic really comedy cool. it's a romantic comedy of the it harry is. potter series it is like a hundred percent it is is it? It is. Okay. Really. Oh, it is. Me, of look. course it is. It is. Yeah. It really is. It's, of course. I just realized. Yeah. It's my the rom-com scene, of the series. My favorite scene in the Harry Potter movie is, um, of all time, happens in Half-Blood Prince. It's the yes. scene when uh, Aragog's just died, which isn't a happy thing, but then <gasps> Harry, yes. Harry Potter just sits there and goes, don't forget the, uh, the fangs. It's so good. And uh, the poor, poor professor. What's the professor's name? Slughorn. <laughs> professor Slughorn. The other moment with him when, when <laughs> Professor Slughorn goes, um, oh, Harry. <laughs> and Harry goes, Professor. <laughs> when he's got his, all his confidence. Sir, can you chuck me a tiny teddy? Oh, I caught it. Yes. She's in the bed and I'm at the desk and she threw a tiny teddy and I caught it. Well done. <laughs> it's the one for the chocolate back to them. Oh, I'm really I've, jealous. I've got her onto them. She said she didn't like them. Oh, they weren't very spectacular at first. Are they okay now? Yeah. She's nodding her head. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and now 
Now she's climbing through the window. Sarah, don't do that. <laughs> no, she's just Sarah, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, dear. Um, I don't know where that window's been. Where the window's been? <laughs> yeah, it's been there. <laughs> it's been there longer than I have, actually. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, on with the show, I guess. Intrusive. <laughs> yes. So, before we get into any of the other topics... I mentioned Game of Thrones before. Yes. Would you like to know this? I think I might have told you this stat earlier today, but Sarah told me an interesting stat today, which I quite liked, and I wanted to share it with those on the show. It works for us because we're recording this on Wednesday, 6th of February. It doesn't <laughs> doesn't work for those listening when this goes up on the 7th and knowing... Uh, sorry, yeah, Thursday 7th, and knowing me quite late on Thursday 7th. And that is, if you watch an episode a day of Game of Thrones from the 6th of February... You'll, which is now a moot point because it's not the sixth anymore. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you'll have watched uh, every episode um, of Game of Thrones, and then you'll line up spot on with the launch of the new season. This is why, after Beauty and the Beast, I'm going to watch the first episode again tonight. Good idea. Yeah. So we are. Yeah. We're three episodes in. Um, I think yeah, three episodes in. After we record this, we're going to watch a fourth episode. Fifth, if we're feeling awake. I doubt it, but we'll see. Have, have you both watched it, or have you watched it and Sarah's Sarah hasn't? Never, Sarah's never watched Game of Thrones before. Never watched Game of Thrones before. I've, of course, I have. Um, so, what was so awesome... What, hmm? what what does Sarah think so far? Come over here for a moment, Sarah. So you don't have to, you don't have to. Otherwise, just shout it out. Please, can, com- please come over and talk. <laughs> Drew said, please come over and talk. I'm sorry. She's <laughs> under the blanket and everything. Oh, she's got a phone. Oh, she's throwing the blanket. Oh, oh. Here she comes. Um, from about yeah this distance away that I'm sneaking Drew's just asked asked you um, what do you think of Game of Thrones so far three episodes in yeah it's alright enjoying it so far that's good 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 yep very good what what about Um, that that ending of the first episode what happened in the first episode Oh, push the kid out the window. Oh, push the kid out the window. Oh, oh no. Okay, okay. So we're gonna only we're gonna stop. We're gonna stop at the end of the first episode. But because Bran got thrown out the window, we had to go and watch the start of the second episode. Of course, because we had I... to find out. But that's what a cliffhanger is for. You wait. Can't wait. What about what about those that watched it live and had to wait a week? Oh, it's their issue. But what's interesting is that. So, <laughs> I, yeah, that is their issue. What's interesting, though, is that I find Game of Thrones to be... Like, I, I find the use of cliffhangers to be... Like, I'm, I'm really critical of shows that use cliffhangers all the time just to kind of suck you in. But Game of Thrones does it in a way that it's a justified cliffhanger. Instead of being just a completely pointless... Like, The Walking Dead for a long time used to use cliffhangers in a way that was... It'd be a crap episode, and then suddenly, bang, cliffhanger. And you're like, Ugh, I don't care, but... You got me on the cliffhanger. Game of Thrones, though, I think, does it in a way that it's... No, you're, like, fully invested. And you suddenly well, become aware that there's not a lot of time left for this episode. So where's it going to go? And then there's Game the of, cliffhanger. Game of Thrones, everything is in service of story. It sounds like... I guess okay, so I've obviously not watched The Walking Dead, but I understand mm-hmm. that technique. And it sounds to me like that it's basically the Grey's Anatomy playbook. That, that's how Grey's Anatomy does it. They, they use the cliffhanger to keep the viewership going. Which isn't fair because that's, no, that's, 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 like, that's like a bully tactic. Um, yeah. Another tiny teddy thing, Sammy. Um, yeah, look, 
I, I, I think Game of yeah Game of Thrones is definitely in service of the fans. Um, Do you think we forgive those cliffhangers because we know it's based on a book? Um, no, I think I forgive the cliffhangers because the episodes are so. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're so full, engaging, and they're so full of content. It's not like nothing happens until the last second, which isn't fair. It's engaging all the way through with all these different little stories or little tidbits of stories or, you know, aspects of story and um, building up something. And then the end, sorry, and then the end's just kind of the, the massive, like, crescendo. That's a proper cliffhanger. And Game of Thrones does that properly. Yeah. No, they do. And, and, and look, yes, it is a little bit, yeah, thank you, baby. Um, she's going back to it. Um, and yes, Game of Thrones does... Um, it does have the benefit that it's based on a book, but also, like, I, I can't say it because I haven't read the books, but I don't know how closely... I mean, of course it's closely following the book, and, and it's doing a lot better than a movie where it has to rush through things hmm. they're going to all the detail of it. But... I, I doubt that the I have doubts whether the the, um, the book was written in this way where there's little I, I doubt that these episodes are chapter by chapter kind of thing the way that yeah, they're I, mixing yeah the way they're mixing yeah. stories together and cutting time you know saying that oh we've been on the road for a month and it's been like a scene later the way they're cutting back and forth with stories I think is interesting so I think that that's it's not the same thing as as it's based on a book therefore it's better content it's it's more like they've actually really thought about how they're going to lay out the story properly to make it full of content from what I've been told by mutual friends of ours who've read the books mm -hmm. they the books are structured in such a way that they half the tell is one of them and half the other half someone yeah, else they tell one person's perspective for a while and then jump to another one they don't they don't tell all the stories the way the show does. So they've actually had to take the books, work out a timeline for everyone, and then play it all out at the same time, alternating. So it functions very differently to the books. Mm. Well, it's almost like that. It's that, um, in some ways, in a much more simpler form, it's the, um, the Hunger Games kind of idea where the books are based from first person and the movies are from third person. Involving yeah. a lot more characters with a lot more detail from other characters. Yeah. Which obviously the Hunger Games absolutely is not, and still has a shit ending in the book, mind you, but the movies, movies tried to play on this, the crap ending a little bit better and did, I think, a slightly better job. Yeah. That's slightly better. Slightly well, better. I didn't say better, I said slightly better. Well, the Twilight series had the same thing. Um, the, the ending of the books is quite boring, really, because what, what should be this incredible battle sequence winds up being everyone literally standing there ready to go to this massive war and then they meet in the middle have a little conversation and they're like oh no we're good we sorted it out no need for a war today we're good and I'm, I'm talking like like big epic scale like return of the king battle number and of people suddenly, right so twilight just has it where everyone leaves in yeah. like uh, holding the yeah. hand skipping along Oh, well, not really. Like they're, they're not they're not happy about it, but they come to an agreement. They're like, "Yep, okay, there's not going to be a war oh, today a because because there is precedent for this." So yeah, you're fine. In the movies, do they have a war? 
yes, they, they, <laughs> they actually, they do, but they, but they make it so that the war is, is a vision that's projected so that everyone sees what would happen if it went to the war. So it shows the war and basically shows everyone getting absolutely decimated. And then you're like, oh, but it's actually a vision that one of the characters is projecting going, yeah, you don't want to do this because literally all of us will die. I think that's the only situation where the dream sequence is absolutely credible and absolutely allowed. A hundred percent. It worked really well though. Like when, when you watch it, I, I remember the first time I watched it and I read the books first and I, th- I thought the books were quite average and so were the films, but regardless, I, I, I got to the scene and watched and I was like, well, damn, this isn't the books. This is so much better. And then when I realized I was like, I feel a little cheated, but at the same time, it's much better than what the book did. Mm, at least they did they did the thing yeah what I, what I remember though is and I think I've mentioned on this podcast countless times is that I can still remember when when I saw the first ever movie trailer for Twilight and I'd never read the books didn't pay attention to them very much I just saw the, the trailer and just seeing Edward yeah Edward Edward being at the school being this pale guy and them not knowing what's going on and Bella Swan being yes. there and um you know, saying, oh, like, oh my god, like, you're so cold, or something like that, and then suddenly, like, a car crashes around him, and he just puts his arm out and protects them from the car smashing, and <laughs> yes. I remember being like, I remember being like, wow, this movie looks really cool, like, what is this movie? And it said Twilight, and, I was, and then I was like, oh, it said Twilight, oh, no, no thanks, don't care. Um, yeah, no, but I remember being like, at first, wow, this looks really cool, this looks interesting, and I rem- had no interest I remember, that. I remember thinking the trailer made it look like a, a long episode of Days of Our Lives. It just... <laughs> Yeah, how, long like that. how long have you been 17? A while. Like, really? It's like a daytime soap opera got made into a movie. That's what, yeah, well, that's, it's like the book. And, but I can't believe that there's fan fiction that's been turned into other movies based on I can't, yeah, the rubbishness I, I, of that writing. Anyway, it is what it is. I can't deal with it. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of, though, Drew, speaking of movies, speaking of box sets, yes. speaking of... Yes. Um, things like that what's yes. the first proper story of this episode oh, I'm really excited about this particularly because we actually had this discussion the other day with your charming girlfriend mm-hmm. about the fact that HMV the um, the music and movie store chain what does, what does HMV stand for Sarah? I don't remember no idea does Sarah no remember knows. no just doesn't know Hey Siri, this is when we need to plug Google in. Hey Siri, hey. Okay, Google. Fine. Hey Siri. Okay, Google. What does HMV stand for? I found something on the web about what does HMV stand for. Check it out. Okay, Google. Thank you, British Siri. <laughs> we have all this technology. Hey Siri. What does HMV stand for? Here's what I found on the Oh, stop saying it. Uh, it stands for... His okay. master's voice. His master's voice. Okay, so it was probably originally built for the king or something like that. The title of a painting by Francis Barrod of the dog Nipper listening to a cylinder phonograph, which was bought by the gramophone company in 1899. For advertising purposes, this was changed to a wind-up gramophone and eventually used simply as a silhouette. The company has actually been around since 1921. Um, 
now the reason the reason why it's <laughs> yeah I know right the the reason why it's actually making some news is because the company has actually struggled a fair bit over the last what 10 20 years or so we used to have quite a lot of them around Sydney and they've been gone for some years mm. uh, however they yeah however they they still had a uh, a prevalent presence in the UK um, especially you know, given that they are a British store they began on Oxford Street in 1921 anyway um, they had gone into receivership again and this time it looks like there was no coming back at all um, mm-hmm. however however we have wonderful news it's a, we, this was the thing we were talking about this the other day literally talking about the other day yep um and how there was a chance that this may not survive this time. And then I, I recall it was the comment was made, oh, they've been in this position before, they'll get out of it again. <laughs> and sure enough, they have found their way out. They've gotten out of it. How on earth have they gotten out of it? What was... Uh, do tell. Do tell me more, Drusa. So, NME has given us a wonderful little article about it. So... Doug Putman, or or Putman, however you pronounce this, the owner of Sunrise Records, has acquired the HMV business, Mm -hmm. and they have been partially saved with 100 stores set to stay open. It's it's a good thing. It's It's still a sad thing, but it's also a good thing. It's sad because... When I was there, and I, I was, I was in it. It just reminds me of JB Hi-Fi. Imagine JB Hi-Fi. I mean, not a not as good version of JB Hi-Fi. Imagine it going out of business. Like it's well, it's essentially Sanity, right? We we yeah, still have Sanity, true. and remember, Sanity and HMV were actually um, connected here for quite some time as well. I didn't know that they were linked right before HMV went out of business here. They actually joined up with Sanity for a few years. Okay, they were the the Australian ownership was the same head company so yeah um yeah anyway the the article continues the boss of the canadian music chain won the battle for the stores beating rival bids from mike ashley and an hmv management team to secure control of the high street chain hmv retail filed a notice of intention to appoint administrators for the second time in six years last month in 2017 hmv canada closed all 102 of its stores in the country after the Ooh. retailer went into receivership it's sad that their business sits on such a you know a knife's edge yeah like try and build some a little bit more like you know margin into what you do it's it's very sad because it it's it's you know you'd call it a prestige business the 97 years that's quite an outstanding feat for mm. a for a company that deals in music and film, mm. again, I remember when I was there and I was buying the DVDs for you. I was just, like, just stunned by the the quantity of range or the diverseness of range that they had. Yes, I imagine it would have um, it, it would have put places like JB Hi-Fi to shame in some respects because mm. it is so dedicated to film and music, like, like nothing else is. Even even when you go into Sanity. It feels small. It doesn't feel. No, it does feel very so very, engrossing. Uh, no, absolutely. I, I, and yeah. look, some JB Hi-Fi's do a good job of it, but but even still, like, it's still that there's so much other stuff and products around, whereas this stuff is dedicated to just disc-based content. It's well, phenomenal. part of 
part of our problem here is that we have such a limited range. Um, I'll give you a wonderful example. I went the DVDs and, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. The fact that um, the the two particular films you got me, sure, I could have bought them here, but or at least I could have bought one of them here. But I, being me, I I keep my three D movies because I use my three mm-hmm. D TV. We've discussed this many times. Mm-hmm. I could not get a combo pack for Tron Legacy, but the UK still sell sold it, and as did as does the US. And Ratatouille in 3D is not actually available in Australia. Disney Australia decided not to release it. However, the UK did. Which is sad. Like, I yeah. it's sad that we miss out on things. It's, it's almost that... It we, almost goes back to that whole war of... Against um, News news Corp, where it's like, well... Yeah. You know, if you want to charge us a fortune, like, okay, but you're totally ripping us off. Like, and it's, mm. it's, it's, it's the explanation behind why people pirate so much and why run Game of Thrones again just to come back to Game of Thrones the whole yeah. idea of people pirating it's because you, you're ripping us off and you're not giving us the content if you're saying that people are forced into paying for Foxtel which I happen to do um, well, if we you're forcing people doing that like well, yeah. that's just don't charge them a fortune for it you can't do that well we are the country that pirates Game of Thrones more than any other country in the world yeah, they, they, they managed to pay that statistic. Yeah, exactly. I, I have so many issues with this. It's not funny. I, I refuse, I blatantly refuse to add um, HBO or whatever it is, uh, Showcase, on, onto my Foxtel package mm-hmm. for one show. Not even for yeah. two shows, because I love Westworld. I'm not going to add it for that. I'm no, not going to pay... It's not worth the cost. No, it's not because for for less than half that price, I can go buy the box set when it's finished, and then I can own it forever. Yeah, I can of own to it. Watch it once, or put it on a hard drive that's only got a finite amount of space. I remember a few years ago, um, a few people had had a bit of a laugh at my expense about the fact that I collect all my movies. Going, oh, you know, you can get digital copies now. Blah blah blah. I read um, a day or two ago that Ultraviolet is shutting down. Really? At the end of July, Ultraviolet is shutting down. No more Ultraviolet digital copies of films. Remember how every single Blu-ray came with Blu-ray plus Ultraviolet or DVD plus Ultraviolet? Yeah, gone. Gone. So you need, if you, and this goes for everyone out there, if you have any movies that say they come with a voucher for an Ultraviolet film, cash it in now get an application for your whatever your device is that isn't ultraviolet branded but accepts the ultraviolet films and this is the instructions they've given from their website they have said get a third party application that we have approved to watch our films and download them all now because come 31 July they're gone Wow. So if you if you want to keep your digital copies, you need to get um, one of these. My recommendation for all of you out there would be the Flickster app. It is fantastic. I've got all of my ultraviolet copies on there. JB Hi-Fi used to do one of their own, but they have since um, cancelled their one. So Flickster is the main one to use in Australia, and that'll be the one to jump on. But, you know, for all, for all of this digital whatever owning your own digital copy seems to be a thing of the past apple are notorious with theirs because when you buy a film off the apple store rent it if You're not owning it. apple yeah you don't own it because if apple then lose the um lose the rights to it you lose your copy of the movie yeah 
And, I, I, and it's but it's almost the same thing, same thing for PlayStation. You can just buy your thing digitally now. No thanks. I'd rather have a disc. I want the disc. I want the case. I want everything. I want the details on the back of the case. I want the disc. I feel like they're struggling to understand the concept of the fact that mm. people do still want to buy physical copies of things. Mm. Why do we think vinyls had such a good resurgence? People like owning a big version of what could be on an iPod. Yeah, yeah. It, we exactly. like it's, this. It's the, phys- it's the physicality of it. You can you to physically have the disc or the disc case. Yes. The detail of it. It's a piece of. There's many a piece of art, but you know, it, it's the it's the, the in, well. In some the, cases, the, it is. Yeah. It, it's there's so many varied reasons. You've got collectors. You've got people. Most of us just like to show off. I like being yeah. able to say, "Yeah, I've got four bookcases of whatever." I, I, I love, love that. I love looking at my little rolling thing in my room and looking at all the PlayStation games and going, "Yeah, look at that!" And you know, going through them and going, "Yeah, this it's is awesome." Cool one, this shit one. Yeah. I, I love your your shelf of movies up on the wall because you have mm-hmm. a a really concise collection that sums you up mm-hmm. really oh, there's well. More, there, there's more more elsewhere, but they're just the ones that make the cut for the shelf. Yeah, exactly. Like like yeah, we it, it's a representation like for creative people that like the creative things. It's mm-hmm. a representation of us. We like having these things around. Yeah, absolutely. Art, art, I, art I, I collectors. Look at art collectors. What are they going to do? They're, they're not, they're not going to have Digitally p- download and of, put on a... Yeah. yeah. Digitally download and, and just have TV screens all over the place with pictures of the artwork permanently on the TV screen. No. Doesn't work like that. That's, that is essentially the same hmm. theory. It yeah. does not work. We like hmm. having our physical copies. So for me, seeing HMV saved is fantastic. I am just over the moon about this. Their range is outstanding. I frequently go on the HMV website to suss out what films they've got available, what shows they've got, what vinyl they're releasing that I'm going to have to try and wrangle somehow because <laughs> I'm not in the UK. No, but no, I, I wish they did international shipping. Oh, yeah, that makes such a killing. Great oh, business model. It's like Oz Game Shop to it. Yeah, I uh, Oz Game Shop. For those of you that have never checked it out, it is fantastic i order from them frequently both for films and games they are wonderful delivery is excellent always on time never had a problem with them no exactly i used to use them all the time never had a damaged Um, product nothing like just really amazing people absolutely i couldn't agree more couldn't agree more and i am fairly certain they source out stuff from hmv (laughs) <laughs> probably I wouldn't surprise me at all their ranges match up a little bit and it's a little spooky but it's awesome it's good it's good news HMV save then <laughs> yes from very Oz game shop um, uh, very very good. oh dear uh, what uh, I can't remember what else we meant to discuss Drew uh, we got a little somber one that we'll um, we'll mention we'll, now and we'll then mention. we'll yeah, we'll, we'll come back around to a few other topics mm-hmm. as well. But uh, for those of you out there that watched the wonderful medical comedy Scrubs, um, we have some sad news to report that um, Sam Lloyd, who played um, the, uh, the poor sap lawyer Teddy Buckland, has been diagnosed with lung cancer and a brain tumor at the age of 55. Um, the even sadder part of this is that this diagnosis has come days after he has become a first-time father. It's so sad. Like, ah, oh, he doesn't like his face and just his character. He doesn't. He doesn't deserve this. 
and especially after just becoming a father. First time father at fifty five. He like he's 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 become a father, and now this. It's just devastating. Now, um, one of the producers of Scrubs has actually started a GoFundMe page um, to help raise some money. Um, I, I'm assuming to help with um, covering medical costs and such. Because mm. obviously these sorts of things are very expensive, and in the US. Y- you know, I'm I'm sure he's he's made a bit of money um, with his film and music work, but you know, um, not being a leading man himself, I can't imagine he would have made enough to be able to pay for these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But certainly, his Scrubs family have been diving in and putting in some money to help support him, and we would. Um, we would be very happy to hear if anyone would be interested in looking at this as well. We will be sharing the GoFundMe page on the Facebook page of ours so that you can have a look and if you're able to contribute as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, very, very talented man. He, um, for those of you that are not aware, the acapella group that he is in, in Scrubs, Mm -hmm. the Worthless Peons is actually his real acapella group, The Blanks. Mm-hmm. who tour the world quite frequently very very talented guys yeah absolutely and and despite his comical look he is yeah he a gentleman really I sad. believe he is yeah um we do yes we do have a few other topics for this evening but we're having that mental blank that we seem to get around the half halfway mark each week yeah exactly right um look I do have a story for you if you would like to hear it I would very much like to hear it. Okay, so that story being um, the Magnetic North Pole. Uh, this is on news.com.au. The Magnetic North Pole is racing towards Russia, risking, I guess it's Russian towards Russia. Oh, God. I guess you could say. Is that a good one, Sarah? No, she just. No. I hope she she's might. shaking her head at you. She did. Um, Russian towards Russia. Risking havoc for planes, ships, and smartphones. Yes, that's right. Okay, so the magnetic North Pole is kind of sliding at a pretty high rate um, away from Canada, pretty much. Um, Pretty much, we're having issues with our... um, our our magnetic field, which is kind of slipping a little bit. And it's, it's basically... From the geographic North Pole, this is now 11.5 degrees off of the magnetic North Pole. As in, if we look at Earth and the magnetic field around it, where the North Pole geographically is versus where it it, it magnetically is, it's slipping a long way, which is kind of scary. Basically, it means compasses are going to be completely stuffed. Yeah, it's going to change cartography as well. Yes, experts say older estimates about where Magnetic North is headed are no longer accurate enough for precise navigation. Um, The rapid movement is a problem for compasses in smartphones and some consumer electronics, of course it is. Well, wouldn't it be also... Well, why don't it just be in smartphones? Wouldn't it be also just normal compasses? Anyway. um, Aircrafts and ships also rely on Magnetic North Pole as a backup in case their GPS systems go wrong, while the US military uses it to make parachute landings oh I didn't know that that's mm-hmm. pretty cool um, airport runways and sometimes named after the magnetic north pole's position 
and their names change if it moves. Um, so that's going to stuff... Oh, Jesus, there's so many things that are going to be stuffed up by this. Wouldn't it be interesting? Imagine if for some reason the magnetic field flipped. That would be nuts. Completely? Would it, what would it change? Would it change... It wouldn't change weather. It would just change, like, computers and stuff and, like, yeah, compasses and stuff. We, we, could, only, we could only dream about the weather changing here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like the heat. Oh... Oh, you're one of the few. Yeah, I rather no. I would rather summer than winter. I'd rather cool myself down than warm myself up. No, it's easier to put on layers than to remove them. No, but when you put too many layers on, it's really uncomfortable. You get like rusty clothes and stuff, and then you end up being hot and sweaty while your face is like bone dry and freezing, and then you start sweating cold sweat. Because it's, it's cold, it's just ugh. No, it's much easier to warm up. No, and my skin gets really dry and uncomfortable in the cold. My joints all hurt, and my muscles hurt, and my fingers hurt, and your fingers go really red. And like, you like tap something, and you feel like you've punctured your hand because it's so cold. And what about what about the heat where you're in the heat where you're in full on misery because it's just too hot to function, but then. You can't you, uh, you, you can't do anything. You I just get, can't. I get, I, no, I just get get tired and sleepy, and I don't mind feeling sleepy. I yeah, I get that too. But then I can't sleep because it's too hot. No, that's why you just let yourself get too hot and you just pass out somewhere. It's much better than feeling. I don't. I don't even cold, get cold, that blessing. When oh. you're freezing cold and you're like just trying to stay warm under your blanket, and your foot slips out, and you get the cold air, and you're oh my god, it's awful. I'm really fortunate I don't feel the cold, so... I feel the cold real no. much. No. I, I've been out in the snow in t-shirt and shorts quite comfortably. I remember in 2008, I was walking yep. through London in about... would have been about five degrees. And I was in t-shirts. It's too hot for a jacket. It was mm. really strange. I remember leaving the hotel being like, oh, God, it's so hot. And then I just were left in my T-shirt. It was a great T-shirt that was an all-seasons T-shirt. It was really warm in winter and a really cool evening in summer. It was really weird. It's a Holden oh, Racing those. Team one. Mm. Ooh, Car Racing nice. shirt. Yay, no, no, HRT. Normally, uh, normally merchandise is total trash, and it's just made of shit material. But no, this is made of quality material. Fantastic. I've got Holden tracksuit pants that I love. Yeah. Had them for it's years, and I wear them all the time. I can see them from where I am right now. I keep them out because I, I do wear them. You're holding on to them. Go away. Okay. No, that's... Sorry. I'm sorry. Dad! I'm really sorry. I'm the uh, one allowed um, to make the dad jokes here. Hey, look, dad jokes are... Uh, they, they, no, I, look, you know what? Um, they're, you don't, they're, they're you don't qualify yet. Yeah, they're practice. They're practice. They're practice. That's what they are. Practice. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Um... So what uh, what do we what's there to make of this magnetic thing? Um, Earth's mag- magnetism comes from its scorching hot core, which is filled with liquid iron that churns beneath the planet's surface. That's really in the article. Um, what like else? As Earth, as Earth, yeah, as Earth rotates, the moving iron generates electric currents that create a magnetic field. The field is constantly changing, and every three hundred thousand years, the poles may even flip. The Ooh. okay. Every 300,000 years, the poles may even flip. The last time this happened was around 780,000 years ago, <laughs> leading some scientists to warn that Earth is overdue for a flip. 
Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. I wonder when um, what's that massive massive super volcano in the US? Is it in Yellowstone? Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, when's yeah. that? When's that? That's meant to happen now. Like it's it's been overdue. Sarah's nodding as well. Yeah, it's been overdue for a apparently a really long time, and it hasn't happened. So you know, maybe maybe when Sarah and I uh, get over there, oh, let's hope so. we'll um, get to watch the super volcano go off. Unfortunately, there'll be no escape. That's right. We we'll just hide in the car. It'd be like that that Pierce Brosnan movie. What was it? Dante's Peak. Or I love Dante's Peak. It's such a shit movie, but I love it so yeah. much. Yeah, it'll be like that. <laughs> it's funny in Dante's Peak because I just watched it the other day. Actually, I watched it just before. Did the, you really? Just before Sarah got here, I watched Dante's Peak because I love Dante's Peak. Yeah, they were like getting ready. They're just there, and they're like, "Oh, nah, look, you know what? You can go home, Pierce Brosnan. You you you're full of shit. There's nothing wrong with anything." And they, the lady goes, "Oh." No, let me just get you a drink of water before you go. And she turns on the tap and it's brown mud. Yep, that's all the proof he needed. He knew from the start. He was a genius. You should just listen to Pierce Brosnan. That's that's the proof that it's a 90s movie. Why don't they just listen to the main character? I don't understand it. No one ever ever listens to him. No. There's a lot of Bond villains that died because they didn't listen to him. I love that that when Pierce Brosnan was was Bond, I love that he had lots and lots of lame-ass dad jokes and, like, just, like shitty kind of witty things to say I love that his first line in his last Bond movie is that he he goes to light a cigarette for someone and Mm. then opens his hands to show there's no lighter there the guy looks up and he punches him out and his first words are filthy habit (laughs) and it was so it was so pointed because it was like oh this Bond is not a smoker because you know Sean Connery was very much the cigarette smoking Bond, mm. and they wanted to show that this was two thousand and two, and that the world had changed, and Bond was no longer a smoker. I love that Pierce Brosnan was James Bond, and it's funny that he was our Bond. Yeah, he was our Bond, and I find it funny because Pierce Brosnan to me always feels like, even compared to say Sean Connery or something like that, Pierce Brosnan feels too much like a a nerd to be James Bond. A little bit. Like, like, I, I looked at Piers Brosnan as if he was a nerdy James Bond. What's that movie that he's really nerdy in? Mars Attacks. Ah, uh, Mars Attacks. He's so nerdy in Mars Attacks, but oh. it's brilliant. Yeah, he's like a total loser in it, but yeah. I oh, love it. Oh. Piers Brosnan as James Bond. It's funny, if, if, if the next Bond is going to be kind of more down the vein of Daniel Craig, which I think the character has to be from now on. It means Pierce Brosnan was the last suave, sophisticated, like perfect man kind of. Um, well, the um, the betting now that the punters have it that Tom Hiddleston is the front runner. Really, really. Tom Hiddleston is James Bond. Zoom in. Tom Hiddleston. He's going to be. Sorry. Yeah, she doesn't know that is. Yeah, so she's probably not on board with that. Daniel Craig is James Bond. Yeah, okay. I've only seen one. You've only seen one of the Bonds. I'll have to show you all of them before we go see the last one. We'll have to watch all of them before we see the last one. Can we watch some of them here, please? Yes, we can watch some of them there on the projector screen. No, just Elba is not not James Bond. Which is that's just the rumor. But he's. 
But he's black. He can't be James Bond. Idris. No, no, I put I put that accent. No, I put the accent on to beat to to that's a. That makes sense. No, no, it was it was it was a sarcasm. No, yeah, it was sarc- it was a sarcastic kind of like. Um, what's the word I, I'm looking for? I, 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 I was I was. Um, you you I'm were. Not, I'm not a racist. What's the word I'm looking for? I was, I was not patronizing. I was imitating <laughs> the stupid kind of like oh, Jane Bond can't be black, or like oh no no no. <laughs> What I will openly, because I think Idris Elba would be a fantastic James Bond. Idris is the logical choice. He'd be fantastic. He should be Bond. What I think is fucking stupid is when people say, again, based off of the Me Too movement and even before that, the feminist movement. Well, why can't James Bond be a woman? I think you should go fuck yourself if that's what you want, because that's not what the book was written on. The book was not written on a female person. Why don't you make Kim Possible into an actual good movie rather than a piece of shit trash movie that it was? Or go and make a new character. Why does it have to be James Bond that gets turned into that? Why do you have to yeah. go over the good things? I'm sorry, is Harry Potter a girl now? Oh, well, he could be. Oh, she could be. Harry Potter can easily be turned into a girl's name. Just like James is, I guess, thanks to Ryan Reynolds, is also a girl's name. It's, it's not, though. This is just ridiculous. Like, just come up with new characters. Come up yeah. with new strong female characters. It's far Again, more interesting. Again, I, I agree that Doctor Who can be a female character because it never... The name Doctor Who, there isn't a first name there. Yeah, it's just the Doctor, and it and actually also, works it within works. the sci-fi. Exactly. I, I, and I totally... Despite the fact that yeah. I... Besides watching one episode, which I thought was pretty cool can't You've, stand Doctor Who very much I completely respect the fact that yeah I totally see that it, it works you've also listened to me ramble on about how it works as well mm. it, it just and so but but James Bond and stuff like that just come up with someone else why do you have to like well, change remember- what the thing's about just to try and satisfy like some like over the top you know kind of well you know what I thoroughly enjoyed I really liked that Charlize Theron film Atomic Blonde yeah, to me, that, that, that sets precedent for the fact that there can be strong female-led spy films that don't have to be James Bond. James Bond is a guy. Just let yeah, him be a guy. And, and Exactly. And nothing look, wrong I, with that. I wasn't a big fan of Red Sparrow so much, but I thought that that kind of... The same sort of thing with um, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. And even Salt. I was really pissed off at the ending of the movie Salt. But again, Angelina Jolie playing a strong female lead character as a spy... Good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Look, they're just examples of, of the. Yeah, sorry. Of obviously, writing can be yes. massively, especially if you give it the budget of a James Bond film. You can exactly. create the kind of theater of it. The fact yeah. that it hasn't happened yet means that we haven't seen it yet. It just it doesn't need to. What's that wonderful quote from um, from that person I can't stand? That horrible member of the Beach Boys. Um, I don't know the, the cousin, the cousin that no one likes him. That's why I can't remember his name. The the Brian Wilson's cousin. He he came up with a wonderful quote called "Don't fuck with the formula," and that's accurate. It it, it rings true here. Mhm. It does. Oh dear. Yeah, My, I, anyway. Mike Love. That was his name. Mike Love. He loves no one, his mic. No one likes him. <laughs> no one loves him. Um, 
So, okay. So Tom Hiddleston might be the next James Bond. Okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did we get to talking about James Bond? I just... Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Tangents. about Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Brosnan. Oh, we talking, spoke about Dante's Peak. We Why do we talk about Dante's Peak? Because of Yellowstone. Why do we talk about Yellowstone? Because of Super Volcano. Because it's overdue. We spoke about overdue volcano because of Earth magnetic poles meant to have shifted every 200 years into 780,000 years. That's a long time overdue. Imagine going to the library and saying, oh, sorry, you're only 200 and bloody, like, what is it? how long is that? I can't do the maths on that. 320,000 years overdue. What's yeah. the maths? Wait, what's the maths of that? Wait, 300 plus... 3, 4, 5... 480,000 years! I see, it took me a long time to get that maths. That's how bad I am at maths. You got there, there. 80,000 years overdue... I know. Well, that's double the time that it was meant to happen in. We are so over... Scientists are saying, oh, we're a little bit overdue. Jesus, a little bit overdue? Oh, my God. That's, we're so overdue. Just let's, flip. Let's be fair. We're four years overdue for our hoverboards. I'm still waiting. Uh, those shoes as well. And the self-drying jacket. And the Black & Decker rehydrator. Yes, and Michael Jackson standing there in a TV and taking my order. And Jaws 19. Jaws 19, of course. And really crappy holographic things like Jaws 19. Yeah. We did and get, DeLoreans. We did we get older back. older aged Flea, though. That, that happened. Yeah, it's he, not the same. He looks now pretty much the way they did him up in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that's the least important part of all of that. Oh, and we got we got the video the video calls. Just facts didn't yes. didn't live on. No projector screens like that one where they've got kind of the the video or VCR kind of like fuzzy yeah, screen. The snow on the screen. On. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The snow. Yeah, that didn't take off. You know what I love? I love that they they all said that when they when they designed the future, the one thing they could never have even imagined was the internet. It's the one thing they couldn't predict. They had no clue that that would happen. No, which paints for a very different kind of future. It makes me wonder how we perceive 30 years from now versus what 30 years from now is actually going to be. Well, I, I love that idea that you can't quite picture the future because you don't know what the future is going to have. Like nanotechnology, no one knew that nanotechnology was going to be around. So when you look at like people from the past predicting the future everything is really big and bulky and clunky but it's kind of like smart technology but in a clunky way mm. nanotechnology came along so what comes beyond nano like it, it's it's. I don't know if it's just me being completely biased or just completely ignorant but is it in some ways fair to say you know we have the most right to not know what comes next because the technology that's come along you you can't you, sure you might be able to make something smaller like for example a phone or something like that but you don't want to because you want the screen to be bigger so again phones are getting bigger again so well, what comes next to that like is it fair to say that we're at the point now where in this day and age what the future brings may be more respect or more reflective of what we actually think it might be which is not too extreme from what we have now I because because I, it's, again it's probably the exact same conversations that were had 
30 years ago or so, you know, what comes in the future, surely things can't get smaller or can't be made in a different way. But we've kind of seen it, like TVs that can be rolled up, um, television that can produce 3D, 3D animation without needing glasses on it. Um, we've seen the the realism of Hollywood movies to create special effects which look almost real, uh, or in fact look real in some cases. Um, the next generation of the Concorde is, um, is making its way to the public. Yes, certainly. So, so there's all these ideas that we've and, kind of... And now we're having direct flights from Australia to England. That's just phenomenal. Yeah. So all these things that are like... Like, what comes next? We've seen ideas like the Hyperloop and like... We should you know, ask Elon Musk. Yeah, but there's not a lot more to predict, is there? Well, well the thing the is... Around. But it's all changed because... 30 years ago they were still coming back off the fact that they'd gone to the moon and it back then it was more about the big achievements and for the last 30 years it's all been about the the easy wins so to speak and the little wins yeah it's it's been about what we achieve here on a small scale what can we do that's grand on a small scale no one's really pushing to go grand on a big scale, it, oh, except for Donald Trump, who wants to pour all the money into NASA. And I, I feel like his intention is part, partly right. Obviously, he wants to do it for, and he's made it very clear he wants to do it while he's in office. So he wants that to be his achievement. But you know what? I'd rather that than it not happen at all. I'd, I would actually just like to see something happened with space exploration i want to see I, us go I to mars i completely agree I, in, why, in fact I, no i just want to see us go back to the moon the Ma- mars is cool but i just want to see us go to the moon why haven't we gone back to the moon but I, I don't understand it They're like, oh it's too expensive well five years from now it's gonna still be too expensive hmm. but really the cost of it now versus the cost of it back then hasn't changed all that much inflation has happened but so has the amount of money that we all earn per hour the inflation applies across the board it's not just it costs so much but we still get paid the same amount everything changed it's true it's so true it, meant and, to, and it makes no sense to me and also i just look at it as the, the fact that and i know it's that rocket fuel is so expensive but at the same time like don't push the technology beyond what we have now because you don't need to because we got to the moon on technology that's worse than our SIM cards, and SIM cards do pretty much sweet FA. And innovate- we don't need technology beyond what we have today. We have the technology enough that far exceeds. You could tell Siri to take you to the moon. I'm sure Siri could work it out. In- innovate the technology. It's just they're not even trying to create anymore. They're trying. Oh well, we can't do it with what we've got. Well, yes, well, you, you can. can. You, well, you they did, did it, with it less. You did it on however many Apollo missions there were. Yeah, with less, much less. A smartphone is smarter than, you know, the Apollo spacecrafts. Yeah. We have technology good enough to do it. The fact that all the supercomputers that ran the Apollo program would all round up into an iPhone now. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know why we haven't gone back. I, I think it's insane that we haven't gone back. Mm. Couldn't agree more. It makes no sense. And Elon Musk is is just steadily working toward getting us to Mars, and he'll do it before NASA does. Yep, certainly will. Again, I just want to just go back to the moon. I want to see high-definition graphics from the moon. Yeah. Why aren't we we investing in um, 
in Richard Branson's um, space travel. Yeah, Virgin Galactic, because that that is a far more economical way of traveling than planes. It's faster. It yeah, you uses up much less. Higher. Yeah, go up higher, come down faster. Done. Yeah. Yes, makes perfect sense. Hmm. But we're not we're not utilizing any of it, and I feel like it just keeps coming back to money. But really, it's where you put all, the money. We would all have more money at the end of the day because we wouldn't be spending our money on the same thing over and over with no result. We would be creating new results and then creating new jobs and new resources, new technologies, new, new ways industry. of doing things, new industry. Yeah, it would. It's ridiculous. That's life, isn't it? It is life. It's our life. Our life is ridiculous. Yep. The life of the small wins, not the not the uh, the, the grand easy schemes. the easy wins. The easy, easy wins. wins, not grand schemes. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, Mr. Drew, this brings us to our segment, our uh, routine final segment of the show. It does. As as always, if you would like to be a part of our wonderful little show, please drop us a line. Contact us. Even uh, c- come along if if you catch us paired up. We're, we're probably talking about our show. Um, yeah. e- even today, our um, our wonderful namesake Kent caught us and had a had a bit of a team meeting with us. It was quite quite nice. Mm. We discussed some of tonight's topics and everything. Mm. So, and he absolutely free. refused to have any of them to, to, uh, spoken about. But we went ahead with it anyway. No, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Kent, Kent was very excited. He was very sorry he couldn't join in this mm. week. Um, no, As he, he was very. Is. He always is, yes. But he was very excited for the topics of tonight, so we're glad we could bring them to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, uh, mail, message, carrier pigeon, uh, any kind of smoke method. signal. Smoke, yes. The beacons are lit. Ah, oh, the beacons gone. Yes. Calls for aid. But which the of beacons. you will answer? The beacons are lit. Gondor calls for aid. Oh dear, no oh, Aragon. I only need to watch Lord of the Rings again soon. But anyway, yes, if you want to be it's on the show, just reach out time, to us. I think yeah. it is. It's been a while. It was what around this time last year that we went to the marathon. Was it? Yeah. It feels like it was. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been. But yeah, um, drop us a line. We'd love to. We love guests on the show. We do. It's fun. Of course. It's all. And if you're on the show. You stand a very good chance of winning our prestigious award, the Sick Kent of the Week. Which this week, Drew? Of course, goes to the fantastic, the highly underrated Sam Lloyd. And we wish you all the best as you go through this next chapter of your life, both through fatherhood and through treatments. And we sincerely hope that you make a full recovery and that you get to be there for your child's life. Godspeed. Good Indeed. Start. Godspeed. So well done, Sam Lloyd. You have won our wonderful award. And yeah. Mm. And with it, Drew, comes the very saddest moment of our week. The end Indeed. of the episode. It does. It does. Although I do love to hear DJ Quads tuning in with us. Yes, of course. It's the new song. It's that new song that I was looking for this week. Um, it is and I found it. Yeah, Ooh. that one that I that that one that at time of recording I haven't quite picked yet because I just remember just then that it's a new week, but uh, a new new uh, cycle of three it is songs. Indeed. Um, and yeah, so we'll go, I'll go look into that song and enjoy the song. And uh, yep. Uh,
You're feeling better 